Blog Talk Radio. We are the UR Tennis Network. Our mission is to be the voice of tennis. We enlist a team of passionate enthusiasts to promote our sport. We strive to bring interesting perspectives on the many spins of tennis. Our goal is to provide the learners of our sport with current news and information from many angles. We seek active participation from communities interested in tennis, but tennis is not interested in them. We are expanding our outreach. Tennis is a true lifetime sport that needs to be talked about, and the UR Tennis Network pledges to pursue this idea relentlessly. Good afternoon, tennis fans, especially you high school tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball UR Tennis Network, where you'll find all your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, bringing you the FHS TCA perspective on high school tennis. We are the new kid on the block. We thank Jason Haynes for inviting us to join the uh, show uh, two seasons ago. Yes, we're only in our second year, unlike... uh, the other shows on the show, but we do want to thank our CEO of the organization, J.P. Weber, and his We Coach Tennis uh, Network uh, for allowing me to join such a distinguished group. As uh, hopefully you know, Lisa Stone has her Tuesday's Parent and Aces show on. Uh, She'll bring you everything from junior tennis up to college, an important show. And on Wednesday, Chuck Reese, American Tennis, is on. Uh, truthfully, I've been so busy uh, this week with the uh, getting ready for the FACA workshop in Orlando, October 6th, 7th, and 8th. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but you know I will tonight or tomorrow. I'll be listening to yesterday's broadcast. And those new coaches... If you're not listening to the legendary Coach Creasy instructional series, you really should be. It's a well-worthwhile show and uh, good information for everybody, but especially new coaches. Each week on our broadcast, you could be hearing from high school, college, or professional coaches or tennis pros. Our guests will include educators, organization leaders from the FACA, PTR, USPTA, USTA, and others, including listening to uh, people, our partners. Our broadcasts can't help but to occasionally overlap the other great tennis broadcasts, since if high school tennis is an after-school sport, and then not an after-school activity, we should be building a bridge from recreational to competitive tenets, which could be the pathway to a continual and rewarding lifetime experience. We are blessed to have partners like Wilson uh, Tennis. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Wilson has been a leader in the sports industry for 100 years. i I remember much of it. I wish I could be around the next hundred years. You know there'll be a leader then, too. Uh, We have uh, Team Connection uh, Tennis, who is the FHS TCA Clothier. Uh, They will be part of our uh, awards uh, luncheon uh, on the 8th of October following our FACA workshop. And, uh, of course, Florida Tennis Magazine Not only a place to get all your Florida tennis news, but you'll get your national and international tennis news from there, too. Uh, I thank Jim Martz for uh, doing this for about 25 years and for the last few years allowing me to write articles in the uh, magazine. What can I say about Flagler Insurance and bringing along American integrity? They will be mostly responsible for our first awards luncheon, uh, which will be, like I said, on October 8th. Uh, We will be uh, following our 
completion of our workshop, which will be at the Gatlin Tennis Center. We will return to the Florida Mall, and uh, they uh, will be there to help us celebrate uh, our bringing the people that really support our organization uh, together. And we look forward to having you there, too. We hope that you'll be uh, joining us uh, at the uh, luncheon. The luncheon will be at, uh, what is it, Boca di Peppo Italian Restaurant, which is right in the uh, uh, Florida Mall. And uh, the tickets are only $25, and that includes a $10 raffle uh, ticket. The first 100 people uh, will be uh, also getting a hard-covered book, one of the mystery novels uh, from Florida's own David uh, Beckwith. And um, we hope that you join us at that time. We we will be presenting then. Uh, Coach of the Year Awards uh, in the FHSAA uh, 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A. Uh, our 1A uh, winner this year uh, is uh, from Circle Christian School in Winter Park. Tony, I believe it, Dominici, D-O-M-E-N-E-C-H. Uh, 2A is from Avon Park High School. Uh, Lucky Dixon. Our 3A is from uh, Tracy Morning High School, and that's Todd Rubenstein. Uh, those of you that know him, very active. Uh, I've had the pleasure uh, to uh, be with him at a couple of occasions, uh, well-deserving. And our 4A winner uh, is also from Winter Park High School, and that's Teresa Bentley. So we will be presenting the uh, Wilson uh, FHSTCA uh, Awards there will also be recognized in uh, John Posner who I'll be joining for our um, FHSTCA Hall of Fame Awards and uh, of course uh, Team Connection uh, Tennis uh, gives out every year their award or should I say it's awarded 2016 team earns uh, free uniforms for 2017 team. And, uh, of course, our uh, community service award, uh, which Flagler Insurance has uh, presented the last two years, uh, and we appreciate what they've done, and that's really uh, very special. So please come join us. Like I said, the ticket is only $25 for the luncheon. Uh, You'll get a chance. Everybody that comes out of the luncheon, I assure you, will be a winner because there'll be, uh, like I said, there'll be a hardcover book that you'll receive. Uh, You'll receive a great Italian lunch. You'll also receive a uh, a raffle ticket, and Wilson, just like they're taking care of us at the All-Star events, will be uh, providing us with rackets, tennis bags, uh, cases of tennis balls. So uh, you can bet your life that many of those people attending their luncheon will be walking home with a lot of goodies, and they'll be helping us support our organization because we are not-for-profit uh, 501c3. You can get your ticket online. Just go to our homepage and go through PayPal. We ask you to do that as soon as possible because I have to give a uh, count to the restaurant on October 1st, and uh, it would be a sin rather than raising a couple of dollars for our organization if we're paying for lunches that uh, we're not using. So please uh make your reservations for the tickets and speaking of reservations make sure i think tomorrow is the uh uh the deadline for guaranteed the special pricing that the florida athletic coaches association has arranged uh for the florida mall hotel so make sure you get that special uh rate for your rooms because it's uh it's a beautiful facility 
but uh, the rooms, I think we were paying $105 a night, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, they're two and three times more than that on many occasions. So uh, please uh, get your make your reservations right away. We look forward to uh, seeing you at the uh, workshop uh, later on at the end of the show when I give you John Denise's perspective. Uh, I will talk about the uh, Friday uh, presenters at the workshop. Last week we went over Thursdays, October 6th. We'll go over October 7th. I think you will see they're all special uh, people. I did have uh, a couple people ask, uh, why don't we have more young players uh, on the uh, speakers as speakers? And I, um, I will remind you that everybody on there is younger than me, so I think we do have young people on there. But I also remind you that experience helps develop coaches. And um, by these people that are there uh, have already taken the uh, the test first, and uh, you know they're going to help you uh, so that uh, that when you get your lessons later on. It's going to be easier for you. I think it was Brian uh, Makers who says it gives experience helps coaches and gives you the test first and the lessons later. And this is why the people that we have on there, special coaches, don't mind sharing. They don't mind uh, giving of themselves. And uh, I, I've just been blessed to uh, over the years that I've been doing this to be able to bring people aboard that love doing it and love sharing. And I think the agenda, I will match our agenda against any of them. And I go to the PTR Symposium every year. I love it. But like I said, I would put our agenda uh, against everybody. And speaking of our agenda, today's guest is a person that will be um, – Speaking, he'll be speaking on Saturday. Uh, we brought him in truthfully on Saturday last year. He's one of the few people that'll be repeating. I try to bring new people in every year and rotate. But uh, uh, Scott Williams is a gentleman that probably had more to do than putting our uh, team uh, coaching certification program together, worked very closely with me, like all the board of uh, directors did, but uh, it was easy because we were on the same page with a lot of things. Uh, I see him on, Scott, I will get to you in one second. I just want to tell the people a little bit about you. Let me make sure he doesn't, he's there. Scott, are you there? Scott, are you there? Yes, I Good. am. How are you? I'm blessed. Excited to be here, John. Just wanted to <laughs> tell the uh, audience a little bit about you, and then if you'd be so kind as to fill in the uh, pieces that I've missed. But Scott is uh, somebody I've run into at a different, a few different uh, levels. Uh, t- today he is, uh, of course, everybody knows him through Scott's tennis, but. Uh, Scott is also the uh, tennis director of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, Tennis at King's uh, Academy in West Palm Beach. Uh, He's uh, previously served as uh, director of tennis at St. Andrew's uh, School, where uh, his teams uh, have won uh, championships uh, with the FHSAA. Uh, He is on our uh, executive board with the FHSTCA. Uh, he is a person that uh, also has authored a, a couple of books. Uh, one of them, as those of you that don't know, uh, the people that take the uh, FHSTCA uh, certification uh, exam 
we don't ask them for more money later on to become a, a senior uh, person or a master. We have them go through their time and reading material courses, uh, attending workshops at the USTA, PTA, uh, uh, PTR, are all things. And uh, we have books that we recommend reading. And uh, Scott is one of those uh, books that, uh, one of his two books there, he's also been the author of uh, uh, Spiritually Tough Tennis, which is a DVD. But uh, wherever I've been, I mean, I, I remember going to St. Andrews a couple years ago, and uh, here, I've heard him say it before, but to see it on a tennis court, train up your child in a way that they should go, and when they are older, they will not depart from it. And, uh, you know, he's, I think like many of the good, good coaches, they believe what they're doing. And uh, he's a former coach of the ATP, uh, number two uh, player in the world, uh, Tommy Haas. And um, in 2015, he was actually asked to return there. Uh, I'm going to ask him a question about that after. But, Scott, would you fill in the blanks, please? Well, gee, John, I hope everyone didn't go out there and, uh, you know, get something to eat from the refrigerator. <laughs> I know, I talk too I much. Put the I mean, I'm just so no, proud to be associated with you and all you do. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Well, thank you for such a kind introduction. And, yes, God has blessed me also with the opportunity to do all those wonderful things. And I feel like, quite honestly, my career is just starting. That's fantastic. So I take it then when uh, Tommy Harris asked you to come back with him, when he made his comeback in 2015 to join him, uh, that was something that uh, – did you have spend a lot of time thinking about that? Was uh, the Almighty just telling you this is the thing to do? Uh, or is it just uh, a long relationship that have had with him that uh, – led you going back onto uh, the uh, ATP Tour, which isn't an easy thing. You know what? I um, I did pray on it. And, of course, you know, I, I think with so many of our coaches, and they know exactly what I'm talking about, um, you know, we're in to help our students for the long haul. And if um, if they'll stand by us, we will stand by them throughout their entire careers and, more importantly, into their adult lives. And so I truly think one of the signs of being blessed as a coach is um, can you navigate through the good times and the bad times with both the player and the families? Um, Because as we know, uh, the families play a very big role um, with time, uh, commitment, dedication. Uh, A lot of times you have pride involved because they've helped to bring the uh, uh, player to a certain point, and then coaches have helped to take them further. So it's it's a real team effort, but I think a coach, for example, when they're standing in one of their students' weddings, for example, or if they've been invited or they've been notified about a first child that's been born, or, for example, one of my students uh, just a couple years ago, Greg Hill, was named Father of the Year in Orlando. And uh, it's those type of things that are really, really special. I think those just are even beyond winning Grand Slams. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Those are things you just uh, can't measure. But there's tennis coaching, especially on the pro tour, is so much different than coaching in college or high school or or actually any other sport. I mean, if you're a baseball coach or a football coach, you have a team hiring you. Uh, The high school coaches have a school hiring you. Uh, the uh, college coaches uh, have a college uh, uh, hiring you to go out and coach the team. And on the ATP tour, you have the individual hiring you. And uh, would you like to just tell us a little bit about the difference there? Because I think for, and you did this when you were pretty young the first time, uh, and not that you're not young now, 
But I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I see people. It would seem like they're, you know, they want to tell. There's a danger of telling people what they want to hear instead of telling them what they need to hear. And it's, I would suspect, it's a lot harder when that person is paying your salary weekly. Yeah, no, you know, I've I've talked about this before. Um, one of the things I've always felt strongly about is that um, within the, the coaches are actually the weakest link in the entire tennis pitcher, not from a professional standpoint, from a representation standpoint. Now, there have been a few coaches who have been represented by management groups, but inevitably even the management groups have – through the players dictated to the coaches what they wanted to have happen. So, John, if you if you really want to expand the organization, let's start a coaches union <laughs> that would help set the prices for coaches um, with years of experience like you have. You know, what should a pro, for example, has the equivalent of multiple doctorates in the game of tennis from the years they spent traveling and, and going to symposiums and speaking at symposiums, what should they be um, to earn? And that's never really been established in the game of tennis. So you're right. Um, how is it that as a professional coach, um, we who are also in to help the player, and of course some of the players, not some of them, most of them are very leery of, well, who's in to help me really and who's in to help himself, um, which is a harsh reality. So if a player ever senses that you're there for anything more than helping them, um, you're probably going to get walking papers very quickly. Now, one of the things when I kind of stop and, and look at it is, you know, that Tommy has uh, let go more coaches than any player on the tour. <laughs> I didn't realize yet, that. Oh, yes. Yes. He has been very short with his uh, sometimes hot German temper to say, hey, you know what? I can't uh, – I can't. I can't deal with you right now. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things that's kept us together for so many years is, um, is how our relationship started. And it was really um, that I was put in a position and I chose to be in that position at, at uh, 26 years old to um, really look after Tommy and, um, you know, to be his surrogate, I'll say brother <laughs> at that time. Um, home, you know, home from home, home away from home. So, um, so Tommy grew up with me, and uh, we continued to grow together. Um, I think God put me in his life to, uh, uh, you know, to address a lot of life things. For example, going out on his first date. Um, how, how do you respect women when you are a professional player? And as you noted in the opening, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart from it. Well, at times, you know, he would depart from it. There's no question, as we all can. And, um, you know, to his credit, I do feel that as, uh, as a person, uh, you know, he's done a wonderful job throughout his career of, you know, representing the game and uh, when and where he could, you know, helping others. So that's that's awesome. Very interesting. Uh, you really, uh, I've often said that uh, your learning process is uh, through not just through the training and everything, but many times through your students. And it sounds like uh, there was kind of uh, uh, that close relationship uh, helped you grow too. Am I right or wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, there were times, so many times, where um, I could have thrown in the towel and said, no, nope, this is just too much. I mean, probably some of the earliest times where, uh, you know, here I was in my late 20s, and um, I basically had a curfew <laughs> um, to take care of two young boys who were living in the house with me, which was uh, Tommy Hawes and Greg Hill. So my curfew was nine o'clock. Well, you can only imagine um, my now wife, who I was then dating, 
you know, I wanted to go out and see her. She wanted to see me, you know, and there was so many times where I said, I'm sorry, I got to go home. You know, it's Saturday night and the boys are, they have to be back, you know, in the house by 10. So, (laughs) but you know, that's, I think one of the reasons ultimately I married my wife was because, um, you know, she was with me through all those great years and, and to this day we're all good friends and, uh, you know, enjoy spending time with each other. And you have two beautiful uh, children, which I've had the privilege uh, to meet a few times. Uh, so uh, um, life is good. Well, they're here with me now, John. And uh, this is oh, one of the, the nice things about uh, being, um, you know, children of a coach. Great day. Hi to all the listeners. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm looking forward to seeing you again It's been a while And Bobby I'm sure Is looking to hug you again Just be be, be on your toes Yeah Well they better be practicing right John If they're going to be coming up and doing any demonstrating That's right I'm sure they will I mean you are blessed There's no two ways about it (laughs) Yeah I can't have any any, uh, Easy unforced errors out there with the crowd watching. <laughs> so, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I, I'm sorry, but I, I know a lot of times when we speak, I start to bounce on the themes. But um, you know, the first theme again is coming back to it. Is I hope that one day we do have a coaches union that you know will help us to kind of establish, um, you know, and help set the standard of and, and represent us as pros um, at all levels. So if you're a college coach um, and the administration decides, you know what, you're too old for that position, well, maybe it would be nice if a union would step in with um, an attorney and say, hey, you know what, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because that would be age discrimination, for example. Um, but right now the pros don't have much of a recourse. They just take it and they just get swept away, you know, um, which is, is tough. And I think part of the problems, it's hard to separate uh, recreational tennis for uh, competitive uh, tennis. And I, you know, and I don't mean to pick on the, the USTA necessarily because they do a lot of good things. Well, like mm-hmm. I started today's show off and. Uh, uh, every show I talk about, and I ask the question is, uh, at your school, is tennis an after-school sport or is it an after-school activity? And I know after-school activities are important in the education system, but I think after-school sports has, and I know I have bias uh, on this here, but I think sports have more to offer. Competition is not a bad word. It's uh it's something that they're going to do after they leave high school and go to to uh, college and then go into the workforce. They're going to be competing at every single uh, level. And I think that, uh, you know, this was set for a reason, and I think we've gotten away from this sometimes. And sometimes I think we've all been trying to make it a little easier for us and for our kids than we did. I don't know if we're – done the right thing or not and I know it's tough for a high school coach you know part of my problem and I uh, and I address it and I'll, I'll continue to address it as I know you're only getting paid you know a stipend for three or four months out of the year but the truth of the matter is if you're a coach you don't coach three or four months and I think that we have to sit there and convince the school administrators and the school boards, and we need help in doing that, and I think that could be from the USTA. When the USTA goes to the FHSAA, for instance, in Florida, uh, you know, for uh, giving them support, I think they should be going to the uh, FACA uh, because that's where the coaches are. So... And I think that's why uh, I lean on you so much, and that's why the Almighty put you into my life, because I think you explain it sometimes better than I do, and you've been through all aspects of this. So 
help me out there and uh, defend me or put me in my place. I mean, either way. Well, no, I um, I think what you're touching on, which is very key, and one of the things that I felt, um, you know, called to help mentor my students in, um, is how to compete with um, a competitive but loving heart. And um, that's a very, you know, to teach a student how to do that. So to recognize that uh, competition is a great thing, and it is through, as we're reminded in Proverbs 27, verse 17, um, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. So through competing against one another, we get better. And if you can go in and say, um, as the children do here, they say, you know what, we're going to go in, we're going to give it our best, we're going to compete, we want to win. But we're going to work on two or three things today, usually two, right, guys? And um, we're going to do the best we can at those two or three things, and then off the court we're going to evaluate. Now, if a win comes through that, great, even better. But if it's a loss, then we go back to, well, what were the two things you're trying to do? Did you improve on them? Yes, Dad, I did. Um, took more balls on the rise, uh, came to the net when I was up in the score. Wonderful. You're getting better. Um, but then, you know, how do you compete with a loving heart? Um, and, and that's perhaps another show in itself. But first and foremost, you have to tokenize it as a platform that you're allowed to have. Um, and then how do you use that platform to serve others? to help mentor others, to enrich the lives of others, even if it's a fellow competitor. So through coming through a tough battle, and at the end of it, um, win or lose, giving your opponent some encouraging words. Uh, wow, you know what? Your serves today were just too good. It's too good. You hit your spot so well. Good luck in the next round. Or, hey, I really enjoyed competing with you today. Um, you're a tough competitor, and you know, I hope I don't have to play again real soon. That's encouraging. Um, things that I think when players realize how the game fits into the big picture in their lives, um, it allows them to play freely and um, without fear. And, and we know that we're not, by design, supposed to have a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and self-discipline. So that's a great way to go through life. You know, looking to show love to one another, no matter where you are, and um, no matter who you're with, show love to them, show respect, um, move forwards and confidently with power, even when people are going to try to block you or deter you, um, you know, step aside, move around them, um, take your lessons, and then keep moving forwards, and do so in a disciplined fashion, and you will be blessed. Well, I agree. I, I think back of... God, I think I was in the Marine Corps a lifetime ago when I uh, read The Art of War the first time. And uh, so said, uh, when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. And I read that Ooh, book yeah. uh, in the college. Uh, again, it's such a small, easy book. But then uh, going into the business world and then uh, meeting the former University of Florida uh, coach tells me that was what his uh, coaching philosophy was about. And I think sometimes, that's why I say, I think there's a misunderstanding sometimes about competition and going out there. And, you know, if we sit there and if we're, you know, determined to to learn, and I think part, part of that learning is comes from experience. Uh, you know, if you're not willing to learn, no one's going to help you. If you are determined to learn, then really no one's going to stop you. And I think the person that might help you the most is yourself if you learn to let go. If you learn that competition, I'm going to compete, I'm going to give my best the whole time, but I'm going to do it in a loving way. Uh, I, I mean, truthfully speaking, I look at uh, the U.S. Open recently, and in my humble opinion, and, you know, I never was there, but I think I saw people that just gave up on the men's side. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, that, 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 that didn't inspire me at all, and I just wonder, 
you know, part of it is you're continuously growing and learning to compete. So, and I don't think there's, you know, people, I think the problem is look at competition as a bad word, and I don't think it is. So help me. No, 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 you're 100% correct. And, um, you know, I heard that wonderful interview you did, and you've done a few of them with Chuck Creasy. And, boy, you know, I I was really taken back because I agreed with him 1,000%. Um, the NCAA, and I will now say the FHSAA, is doing a, um, they're doing us a disservice by regulating the game of tennis to the point where they're limiting players to what is it just they're making it an activity. And, you know, I know um, your organization, which I'm a part of, has offered to help the FHSAA to expand the game because it's an individual sport. I understand it needs to have one season because there's other seasons. But in the off-season, for example, in the fall, as Chuck Creasy was noting, fall is a great time to do team tennis. Spring is when, and in the winter, is when you move into the tournaments where you get to compete against all the different levels. 1,000% in agreement. John, you and I still are trying to schedule a meeting with FHSA, and I think we're going on over a year now to discuss right. this. And yeah, you know what? Yeah, that, that's just moving too slow. That's just moving yeah, too slow. Right, right. And, and, and times are running, and, and the format's not right either. Um, the, the scoring, uh, Mr. Creasy referred to that too, Coach Creasy. Um, and I know you feel very strongly about the same thing. Look, a tournament-level player who's working hard at their game, they're investing lots of work and, and time on, both on and off the court, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And then the, for high school tennis to be required to go to practice with, for the most part, a group of students who's showing up on a recreational level doesn't fly. That, that's not a good fit. Now you get them to turn out for the team practices, and then they go to a match, and it's an eight-game pro set. And they're looking at you like, Coach, we don't play eight-game pro sets unless it's a rain delay. Right. Right? So how is this helping my game? Now, I always come back, well, you're getting to play singles and doubles, pro set, and, you know, hopefully with good scheduling, you're doing that two or three times a week, and you're not paying for it like a tournament. So I try to highlight the positives, and there are a lot of positives, and you're with a team, and it's a lot of fun. I get it, but we can do so much better with high school tennis, so much better, and we want to. It's not that we don't want to. We're all very keen about it. Um, I got my start with high school tennis. I know uh, Casey down at Pinecrest, she started with high school tennis. Um, You've had wonderful years with high school tennis, obviously. So it is a sleeping giant. Um, But as I, you know, have shared, unfortunately, it's being um, relegated and really put in such tight parameters that it can't blossom. So as much as you and I are passionate about it, it's like we have handcuffs on, and, and that's just not a fun feeling. No, it isn't, and I think that uh, it, it's when when you sit there and, like you said, and we drafted a letter and uh, you know emailed it to them, uh, talk, uh, and it's uh, and you don't even get a response from it. Uh, no, you that's, know that's that's a, that's a sad commentary. Uh, when you go to the FHSA meeting, like the last uh, meeting I attended in Gainesville, and I I sit there uh, and I made a motion. Uh, the motion was uh, reported as I recommended the Universal Tennis Ranking. The USTA had uh, somebody else recommended that. That was adopted, which that's what boards are for, and that's what's voting for. But, you know, when I sat there and said, you know, my motion was not discussed any, when I sent an email, they, the report actually a false report. They said, John Denise recommended that. I would never recommend that. I didn't. They said, well, after we decided we couldn't do two, we could only do one, so we adopted that. I mean, we have people... And this is what I'm saying. We have, and this is part of the problem, I think, with and 
in Florida and all around the country, truthfully, we have people, I say in the FHSA, that are working part-time at this. Of course, uh, Dr. Darren said, no, John, you're wrong. They're not working part-time. We pay them full-time. You're wrong. Yes, but they're doing tennis. They're doing soccer. They're doing other things. So during the tennis season, they spend a little time with this. They're not doing this. They're not committed. And, of course, we have high school coaches that there's there's many that are committed, but the truth of the matter is there's not enough of them. There's more that are looking for a title or more that is uh, thinking that, well, maybe this will help me become an athletic director after. And we have a school system that are paying part-time people. Well, if it's a sport, then you should have a tennis coach there. And uh, if it's an after-school activity, then you want to have somebody to make sure they get on the bus all right, make sure they're ladies and gentlemen, make sure that uh, uh, there's no bullying. I understand that after-school activities are important. Uh, Maybe I've been in sports too long, I don't know, but I just think sports are more important, and I think part of the reason the Almighty gave us sports is because they can help us uh, if projected right, it can be uh, helpful guide us through life. Oh, it sure can, and and we all know the listeners included, of course, uh, that you know there's no better sport that replicates life in tennis because it's one on one. Not only are you battling against the elements and the different court surfaces, okay, but you're also battling against someone who is on the opposite side of the net or two in doubles who are calculating how to outmaneuver you, out, at, you know, outplay you in this wonderful game. And boy, oh boy, are there obstacles. And then throw in the tournament official who cruises by sometimes and calls a football or uh, a ball in or out from two courts away, and now you've got some real stress. <laughs> but that's, that's part of it. And uh, wow, learning how to handle those scenarios and, and uh, players that are, are – maybe intentionally or unintentionally hooking you and uh, all these wonderful scenarios that you've just, you've got to work through and learn how to work through. So it is a great game. Um, you know, with my players, I really emphasize um, five key things. The first is uh, how to serve. And so I try to teach my players how to mentor other players. And I've mentioned this before. If you're a captain on my team or you're one of my head coaches, Oh boy you've got the most responsibility because if you take a pyramid and you put the captain at the top of the pyramid and you, you turn that pyramid over. Now you got the captain who you're mentoring and have mentored for years, hopefully um, mentoring all the people above them. And it's usually captains and assistant coaches. Right. Um, how do you get assistant coaches? Some of the listeners are going, gee, I'm lucky I get my $1,500 stipend for coaching the whole season. How, how can you even talk about having assistance? Well, actually, if you talk to your AD and you can get the AD to support the thought that, you know, the ideal ratio for tennis is three to one or four to one, and you need a coach for four to one, then you charge a team fee. Not right. great, but you charge a team fee. And all of a sudden, you'll have assistant coaches there who can help you. And that's a wonderful thing because now you're getting a lot more productivity out of it. But the first thing is learning how to mentor, how to serve one another. Um, That's the first of the five points. The second thing is return. And when I talk about return, I'm talking about returning an attitude of gratitude for the opportunity of having this platform of tennis to experience and really showing that in victory and in defeat. So God doesn't care who wins or loses a match. It's quite honestly pointless to pray to God and say, help me win the match because God doesn't care. (laughs) He's got a lot on his plate, but win or lose the match. If you speak to almighty and say, you know what? I gave my very best today. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to go out there and compete, to learn new things and uh, to get, and I know that you have a purpose for what I'm learning to share with others. Wow, now you got a great tie-in. The third thing is team. How do you belong to a team? And the first thing you better check is, which team are you on? Yourself. 
And Very who's good. your head coach? Um, personally, for me, um, you know, I recognize that God's created everyone, but we're not all God's children. Interesting. So what's the difference? Well, a child of God is someone, a child of God is someone who says, you know what? I want to be on God's team and I'm choosing as my head coach, Jesus Christ. Boom. That's your head coach. And my game plan is the Bible. Okay, there you go. So now if um, my wife and I are having some issues over something, we have a game plan that we can consult. We have a, a group of friends that we can talk to about about that who have a like mind. So we're part of a team with the same environment you want to create with tennis. We want to have like mind. We want to have uh, a common vision, a common mission statement, which I encourage all the coaches every year at the conference, have you written one out this year? Because if you don't know what your vision and mission statement is, nor does your team. So how can you lead them? And if they don't know what game plan you're working off of, how can you lead them? So, of course, you lay out all those objectives at the opening meetings leading up to the season. But being part of a team, interacting on a team, handling difficulties within a team, that's what it's all about. The fourth thing that I emphasize with my players is playing and how we play. How are we going to compete with a loving heart? What does that look like? Let's define it. Let's demonstrate it when we're on the court. Let's demonstrate it when we're on the bus. Let's demonstrate it when the opposing team shows up and we go out to offer our services, helping them bring their stuff in, showing them where to sit, providing them balls to practice with, providing them courts. So those are just small ways that we can show how um, we are going to play and conduct ourselves in competition. And the last one is grow. What are we doing as a team together to grow spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally? Now, I know in the past people have defaulted and said, oh, gee, John, we don't want to listen to your show because this is a religious show now. We're not talking religion here. (laughs) People go, yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm talking always, as I always repeat, it's about a relationship with God. Choose to be on that team, and things are not going to be easy, but you've got a distinct advantage in this world. I promise you. Well, well said, and uh, I was afraid as we got off topic, uh, we weren't going to be able to get into the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but you got you got it in there and make sure that uh, <laughs> I didn't get off topic, and I appreciate that. And uh, the show, until somebody can show me more um, ways to sit there and help uh, with the team than uh, the Bible. I, I don't know of a better book that has more lessons. So the show will never be about religion because I don't know enough about religions uh, to have either. a show on that. But the show <laughs> is always going to be about sharing and giving and uh and competing and loving, and how do we uh, compete? And uh, uh, the okay. way you put it is uh, so important. And I think uh, I do want to, uh, if you would spend just a couple more minutes, I know we've gone through a lot of time, but I uh, I haven't uh, spent too much uh, time with you with um, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at Tennis. Uh, I'm proud to be uh, on your committee there, but uh, after the October workshop, I will be able to find more time. But talk a little bit more, if you would, about what you're doing, and I know you've accomplished a lot already, but what you're praying for that you can do in the future. Well, John, you know, this goes back to when I was working for Terry as eight years as his right-hand man and traveling coach. I felt at the conclusion of that wonderful chapter in my life, um, working with Mr. Terry, who I will get to see next weekend in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. We're doing a fundraiser up there to help a little boy, um, Tim Siegel's son, who uh, suffered a, a brain injury after falling off the Make sure off you give him my regards. And, uh, and Dylan, if he asks you if uh, I have their computer, I do. He always teases me about it, but uh, I have no choice. Is there <laughs> I will pass that along, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Nick again as well. 
But I felt at the conclusion that wonderful time um, started inside of me, which was this. In the eight years I was there, I felt as an academy, we did an amazing job of preparing world-class tennis champions. And I gave it an A, A+. But when it came to producing world-class people, I wasn't sure if we'd done a good job of that or not. So that's where the whole vision started with the tennis ministry. And that vision led me to Boca Raton, um, which again led me to making that decision after traveling the world and, and kind of living life the way I wanted to live life, that, uh, you know what, maybe I should step up and aspire to do something more than just serving myself. And that concept of serving others was really brought to my attention when I first moved to Boca. And that's when I chose myself to be on God's team by inviting Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Having said that, I started Matchpoint Ministries in 2000. And uh, part of my ministry was working at St. Andrews, where I got to work with hundreds and hundreds of wonderful students and families. Um, and they, they tended to be the affluent families in this world who so oftentimes the um, talk ministry, they think of those families that don't have, but these were the have families. And quite honestly, they often need God more than anybody because they have all the means and they should on paper be successful. And they put tremendous pressure on themselves to be successful and they can't, when they fail, really handle it that well without God's help. So um, at the conclusion of my, my mission work there at St. Andrews, I really prayed to God and I said, God, what do you want me to do next in tennis? I've been blessed to do so much. Is this the end of the road? Could this be it? Because I can't think of really anything else. I haven't called it coach college tennis. Maybe that would be it. But I didn't feel a strong calling to that, even though I'm sure I'd like it. So um, came to me one night was this. FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, has been around for 62 years. It's recognized internationally. Right. And while they've covered every sport, and we've co-partnered with them to do tennis before, um, what's a shocker is there's nothing for tennis. Nothing for tennis. So that's where I felt the spirit led me to the King's Academy up in West Palm Beach, an amazing K-12 through school on 80-something acres. And I shared with them this vision that had started in my heart back in 2000. And as of two days ago, after this school has been around for 50 years, next year we will launch um, our full-time FCA tennis program, the King's Academy. So we will, yeah, so it's just amazing. And um, this year, this summer, I had great confirmation. I had two coaches show up from Uruguay wanting to be mentored on how to do tennis ministry. I said, uh, I was speechless. How did you guys hear about us? I haven't even advertised this program yet. Well, one of the FCA directors who I'd done some um, volunteer work with was down in Uruguay from, from FCA and shared with them the vision I'd shared with him. And they traveled all the way up from Uruguay to be a part of it this summer. Um, it shows the Lord is all over, huh? Is that fantastic or what? Oh, I'm going to ask you to think about something else. We've gone a little over, but I've always okay. told everybody that uh, John Denise's uh, perspective, which I've been ending the shows with for the last uh, 10 minutes, would only happen if... Uh, time permitting and the conversation with you is too important and I'd like to give you something to think about and pray about and see what you think but I don't know how important uh, the John Denise perspective is other than to say this isn't the Florida high school tennis coach's perspective this is my own but I would like to see you think about being on much more often, and at least 10 or 15 minutes, and then uh, maybe we uh, hear about the uh, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes Tennis 
perspective on what needs to be and everything. I'm not. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I think uh, you know we all need to be put on the spot sometime. I'm not asking you to make a decision right now, but I I, I am asking you to pray on that. Well, thank you. Uh, because thank you, John. Uh, yeah, because I'm uh, you know I'm getting older. I think I've become accustomed to this. As you know, two years ago I asked for young people to do this show. Uh, I do believe the Lord works in strange ways, and, um, you know, I finally, when nobody was stepping up, I said, well, it has to be done, so I did it, and I feel a little bit more comfortable, but uh, I I do need to spend more time with my wife, and uh, because she's given so much, and uh, and I think... uh, I, I think uh, I need somebody eventually to replace me. So I'm asking for help. I prayed on this for a little while, knowing you were going to be come on. Uh, as you know, Bobby's always telling me to be careful, and you know I'm so demanding. I'm asking of everybody, and uh, I do admit I'm not bashful. I'm always asking for help, but pray on it. Give us some thought, and. Uh, you know, is, think about that if you would, okay? Well, thank you, John, very much. And again, any way I can help you, um, the organization, and the radio show, I'm, I'm happy to do it, and, and the listeners, you know. Um, what I do find is um, it is very exciting, Pioneer. I will tell you, it's sometimes it's, as you know, better than anyone, because you pioneered. <laughs> you are a true pioneer, John, Denise. And so is Bobby supporting you there, and she's wonderful. But as you know, as a pioneer, while you like to blaze a trail, sometimes, you know, you go through thick and thin, and sometimes you don't know if you're going to make it to the other side. But there's nothing more exciting, um, as I love adventure in life, truly love it. And uh, I think life is a great adventure, but there's nothing more exciting than walking with God and what he is calling you to do in your life, and especially in the game of tennis. Wow. And it's, you know, it got to the point where there were so many great coincidences. I couldn't even call them coincidences anymore. They became godfidences. I like that. They're godfidences, and that's what they are. So anything I can do to help you, John, you know, I'll pray on it for sure, and I'll look for some scriptural confirmation. But uh, I know God brought us together for this many years, and if you need my help, I'm happy to help you. Well, I thank you. I thanks for being on the show. I do need to uh, thank also Wilson uh, for all their support. Uh, I need to uh, thank Flagler Insurance um, for uh, being a big part in making sure that we have our first annual award function uh, this year uh, following the uh, workshop. Hopefully it will grow. Uh, you can get your uh, ticket for the luncheon right on uh, PayPal on our front page. I will remind everybody, and I hear young coaches, and I've said this before, uh, they're saying about, you know, when they're talking about the problem and parents. I remind everybody, like I've done often, parents are given the most precious thing they have, and that's their children. But I look at Ron. And I looked at Roxanne Malone, who took out an ad, who was uh, our first community service recipient, had children go through my wife's district uh, NJTL program, play high school tennis. Ron, who mm-hmm. uh, came in, you talked before about uh, needing assistance, was a volunteer coach in high school. His girls have gone on, and they're, you know, in the business world today, their successes. And he's still given. He's still given to our organization. He's no longer coaching, um, you know, the community service award the last two years. This is giving back. So do like Scott uh, recommended and nurture, mentor. When get the volunteers, don't look at them as a problem. Don't look at parents. But look at them as somebody you might be able to nurture to help you. And I can't express more the value of having player parents meetings. I've done them for years, 
uh, coaching Sebastian River High School. So we're all on the same page and working. And uh, this is when you get these people giving back at long after their children have left. Uh, those are the rewards why you coach. Uh, this is why we give these awards out. Uh, uh, it, it, it's so important. So thanks for being on the show. I will remind everybody next week is Chuck Lisi will be on this show. Have a blessed week. Tell your friends about the broadcast, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Take care now. Thank right. you, Scott. Bye-bye. God, God bless you guys. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.